Hi there, fellow humans, and welcome to this weekly technology news catch-up show. You might be asking yourself, why are you here in me ears? Why are you in me ears? Well, it's quite simple, really. Words are written in their thousands every week about the world of technology and what the holy hell is going on in it. Now, let me tell you, I am no doctor, but I've read that reading requires the use of eyes. And on this matter, I woke one night in sweats at the thought of the world's collective eyesight. Poor eyeballs, I thought, imagining them trying to read words. I should help them rest. So, instead of spending countless hours trying to follow tech with your eyeballs, I'll be distilling all of the most important tech news into an ear-sized weekly 15-20 to minute podcast. I can confirm that I do wear a cape. So, turn off your eyes, lean back if it's appropriate, and let me talk to myself about what popped off in the world of tech this week. That intro is incredible. Fair. I don't know if jazz is my thing. I just can't afford anything better. All right. Well, first up, rockets are captivating, and the bigger they get, the more awesome the spectacle. This week, SpaceX, one of serial entrepreneur Elon Musk's trailblazing companies, launched the most powerful heavy lift rocket seen since the Saturn V rockets of the Apollo era, in a stunt that he believes could spell game over for his commercial spaceflight rivals. The day before Tuesday's historic blast-off was a Monday, and Elon said that the test mission's chance of success hovered around the 50% mark. The world stood in arrest. This could be the greatest fireworks show ever. Founded in 2002 to reduce the cost of space exploration and eventually enable the colonization of Mars, SpaceX has had a bumpy history characteristic of its scrappy startup origins. Bankruptcy fears have plagued them, to the point where a series of explosive launches in their early days threatened to close their doors forever. Recent years have seen the corporation excel, though, and secure billion-dollar contracts from the likes of NASA. The Falcon Heavy, Tuesday's star feature at the Kennedy Space Station, is SpaceX's most impressive offering yet, promising to carry a payload of 64 tons into orbit at a cost of just $90 million. The payload cap for SpaceX's previous flagship rocket, Falcon 9, is 23 tons. Whilst the near-on three times capacity increase is impressive and will allow SpaceX's customers to build ever more capable satellites, it is the cost that truly sets SpaceX apart from their competition. United Launch Alliance provide the same service for $400 million. Now, I'm no Nobel Prize-winning mathematician, but I'm pretty sure that 90 is much less than 400. So, why is SpaceX so affordable? Do they feed their workers wafers and turn the lights off religiously when leaving rooms? No, it's because their rockets are reusable. They career off into space with their payload before releasing and returning to land themselves back on Earth, a feat which is simply extraordinary, like landing a pencil on its end. Elon describes SpaceX's competitive advantage. It's like where one aircraft company has reusable aircraft and all the other aircraft companies have aircraft that are single use and you sort of parachute out at your destination and the plane would crash land somewhere. Crazy as it sounds, that's how the rocket business works. <laughs> he had a cold while we were talking to him. Two of the three boosters returned safely to planet Earth. The third ran out of fuel and smashed into the sea, at a speed which can only be described as hella fast. 
Other than that small blip, the mission was a resounding and total success. So, what was Tuesday's payload, I hear you whisper? Well, let me tell you. It's customary to blast a boring block of boring weight into space for test flights, so that the engineers can see how the rocket fares with a payload on board. But Elon isn't a normal humanoid. In true Silicon Valley style, Mr. Musk's cherry-red Tesla Roadster volunteered as tribute, with a dummy named Starman at the wheel, sporting a SpaceX spacesuit and blaring David Bowie's bangers B2B. The dummy could not be reached for comment, partly because he's onto bigger things, namely heading towards the asteroid belt, and partly because he's inanimate, but I can confirm that he looked happy. Why doth Elon do this bant with his car, you might ask? Well, it goes beyond just plain showing off. Silicon Valley is constantly competing to hire the best engineers, and this is a great way to attract superstars. Who wouldn't want to blast a car into space on the back of a big reusable firework? And for future and current customers of SpaceX? Not a bad little PR stunt. So, big props to the 6,000 plus employees at SpaceX and their helmsmen for achieving this feat. I'm not sure if it's because I've been eating more vegetables or because exercising has made me soft, but whilst I watched the pre-launch countdown, a tear found its way into this boy's eye. There's something about this level of achievement that galvanizes humanity. Maybe space can bring us all together. T-minus 30 seconds. Launch your intro countdown one. SpaceX Falcon Heavy, go for launch. Falcon Heavy is configured for flight. T-minus 15, stand by for terminal count. And... Okay, let's have a breather and talk quickly about how this show is going to be formatted so you know what's going on. Now, this is in flux and can be changed by your feedback, but as it stands, we will have a feature-length report at the beginning, like that SpaceX one, followed by a quick-fire catch-up on five stories before heading into a second feature story. This week, it's on cryptocurrency. And then, after that, I'll hit you with another five bits of juicy quick-fire news, followed by a third and final feature story, Uber is here this week. After that, you can go on with your lives, safe in the knowledge that you know what's going on in the techie world. Like I said, though, feedback is bay. In the future, we'll have a website. But in the meantime, please email your feedback to thezipfilespodcast at gmail.com. That's thezipfilespodcast at gmail.com. All right, let's get on with it. Twitter's share price flew off as it posted its first revenue growth in four quarters and, drumroll, <laughs> turned its first real profit. This good news seems to have been driven by improvements made to its app and added video content which has increasingly lured advertisers to the platform. Snapchat joined the party, posting revenue growth that also outperformed analysts' expectations. Expectations. Those expectations were very low though and Snapchat's growth isn't very vibrant 
So don't go booking the wedding venue just yet. Snapchat might yet leave us at the altar. The largest tech acquisition offer in the history of our version of reality wasn't enough for Qualcomm, who rejected $121 billion from their chip-making rival Broadcom. Qualcomm thinks that they are undervalued and worries that if the deal is accepted and then falls through, they will be left a little bit shafted. Walmart is eyeing up the e-commerce platform Flipkart as it tries to compete with Amazon and Alibaba in India. Words are being spoken that Walmart wants 20% of Flipkart at a valuation of $20 billion. The Indian e-commerce market is still in its infancy and whoever wins this battle in online shopping will have significantly more dosh than they have right now. A South Korean appeals court has suspended J.Y. Lee's bribery prison sentence in a surprising move which shocked even the man himself. So, as Samsung's vice chairman walks free, this is a pretty strong indicator that the government is failing to reform the corruption that has plagued its most powerful corporations. Not such good news. The months since Christmas have been a downward spiral. Don't worry, mum, I'm fine. But cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency has had a bad time of it. Often thought of as the 21st century's own Wild West, the cryptocurrency space has experienced the biggest sell-off of crypto assets in three years as regulators finally turn a determined gaze at the sector. China have already banned ICOs and exchanges and are clamping down on mining. However, the rest of the world hasn't got quite the same level of conviction. The European Central Bank said this week that they share the views voiced by the head of the Bank for International Settlements, which aren't all that kind to Bitcoin. It's, and I quote, a combination of a bubble, a Ponzi scheme, and an environmental disaster, which sounds like a healthy adult relationship to me. Despite this, they also maintain that the innovative technology shouldn't be dismissed and can be harnessed for the good. The SEC and CFTC who are big dog finance police beeps in the US of A, hold a similar stance, acknowledging that cryptocurrencies are here to stay and that the blockchain has the potential to, and I quote, improve the capital markets and financial services industry. Either way, the world's regulators realize the need for, ding, 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 you guessed it, serious regulation. This might not sound so good to the flower-clad ultra-free freedomers amongst the crypto enthusiasts, but realistically, it is positive news, with the right level of regulation around ICOs, trading, mining and taxes, we can expect to see increased stability, reduced fraud and crime and an environment where the revolutionary technology can truly flourish. In reality though, authorities are scrambling to get a grip of the sector and it remains to be seen how well or how poorly they'll be able to handle the situation. The approaches range from extreme to lackadaisical. Like all good things in life, the sweet point is probably somewhere in the middle. Goldman Sachs's head of investment research said this week that the digital currencies are unlikely to survive in their current form. This seems to be accurate. So, just as the dusty lawlessness of New World America evolved into something more reasonable, so must cryptocurrency in 2018.
Reformed techies who once worked in the business of creating addiction at Facebook and Google have now launched a campaign to combat it. Truth About Tech hopes to educate people on the dangerous and often hidden consequences of tech consumption. And no, they won't just be warning against eating your phone. Co-founder of Facebook, Eduardo Savarin, yep, the bloke who fed chicken to his chicken, has raised $360 million for his tech fund. He's looking to invest in healthcare, financial technology, and other sectors. I might not have a degree in linguistics, but I'd say that covers just about everything. NVIDIA posted a record fourth quarter to top off a great year. The company makes GPUs and processors, which are hot to trot in the AI, self-driving car, and cryptocurrency worlds. What was that old adage? Don't mind the gold. If you want to get rich, sell the picks and shovels. Amazon is rolling out two-hour food delivery from Whole Food stores, the organic grocer it acquired six months ago, in four American cities. This is the start of the grocery price war. Grab a cucumber and hide. This could get fruity. <laughs> DeepMind, the awesome UK-based company trying to build a truly intelligent AI, have developed an artificial intelligence capable of diagnosing eye diseases. Their partnership with the NHS is looking like it will bring the first major applications of AI to the healthcare industry. Big up. And so, on to our final piece. Forget Suits Season 27, the hottest courtroom drama of recent years, began and ended this week in sunny San Fran. Uber have got up to a deplorable amount of nasty business in their brief history, from sexual harassment in the workplace, to their ex-CEO doing bits with Trump, to the use of illegal tools to skirt law enforcement and spy on competitors, etc, etc. This week, their ghosts came back again to haunt them, in the form of an IP lawsuit brought by Waymo, Google's self-driving car arm. Expert humans say that the self-driving car industry could be worth upwards of $7 trillion. Even when converted into pounds, that's a lot of cash. So, when Waymo was accidentally CC'd in an email that revealed Uber's designs for a self-driving car component that looked eerily familiar, the Googlers spent the best part of a year trying to get Uber to bank transfer them $1.9 billion in compensation. Uber refused, claiming that it had taken no trade secrets. And so, cue Monday's full federal, federal, federal courtroom in San Francisco. The case hinged on a man named Anthony Lewandowski, an engineer of extremely big brain qualities who had worked at Waymo before leaving to start his own self-driving truck company. This company was then acquired within the same year by Uber for $600 million in stock, a clear case of acquihiring, where companies acquire other companies to absorb the talented engineers rather than the product. Waymo accused Lewandowski of having taken 14,000 proprietary documents with him when he left Waymo, and that these documents subsequently made their way into the hands of Uber when they bought his company. Uber denies this, and argues that the alleged trade secrets aren't secrets at all. Rather, they are pieces of knowledge and expertise that the genius engineer had acquired over his career. Now, this is an important point of contention and could have profound implications for Silicon Valley's operational culture, where talented engineers are commonly poached by competitors, offering bigger salaries and longer slides. You see, if Uber won, then more of this poaching might happen, and engineers' salaries would have to go up further to defend against it. Note that the average salary of a self-driving car engineer is already $400,000, and that there are already too many slides in Silicon Valley. However, 
If Waymo won, then companies might be too scared to hire from rivals in the future, thus making the whole system ever so slightly more stagnant. The federal judge noted this. Is an engineer supposed to get a frontal lobotomy before they go on to their next job? The answer has to be no. But say they knew the recipe for Coca-Cola. They have to forget that before their next job. For Uber to be found liable, Waymo didn't have to prove that Uber knew about the trade secret theft, but only that they should have known about it. Nonetheless, why win 1-0 when 2-0 sounds better? So Waymo tried to prove both. Travis Kalanick, Uber's somewhat disgraced ex-CEO, who still has a board seat, was called to the stand. He was presented with a series of text messages that Waymo used to paint Uber as a wild nut factory, willing to do anything to win. Kalanick did well to defuse this line of questioning, and instead made out that Google had become pissed at Uber trying to compete. Google was super not happy, unpumped, said Kalanick. Then we had evidence from a guy named Eric Friedberg, who headed up the due diligence on the truck acquisition. His testimony was more damning, saying that Uber had rushed the deal through before his agency could look into any significant portion of the data, and that some substantial and concerning stuff had arisen after the fact when checking Lewandowski's laptop. So, the case was in the balance. Maybe we can say one all, as football scores don't do decimals. And then, love, peace, harmony, and a settlement worth $245 million was announced on Friday. Uber will hand over 0.34% of their equity to Waymo in an arrangement that gives their rival a stake in their success. It's like any great rom-com. Everything goes to pot, and then boom, an out-of-court settlement followed by an Uber apology. This one can be chalked up as a slight win for Uber, who would have suffered more from drawn-out court proceedings. Ultimately, it means very little for the future of both self-driving car programs. Uber aren't even using the self-driving car technology they allegedly stole, and Lewandowski, he's been fired and gone off to start a religious movement centred around artificial intelligence. All I know for certain is that Silicon Valley must have a drug problem. Thank you so much for listening to this show, guys. I think it's going to be called the zip files from now on, you know, because zip files are compressed and also because all the good names have been taken, and also because the web address is super cheap to buy. If you thought this went 7 out of 10, you know, would marry if you had to, then I'd be super grateful if you could share it with other friends and human beings. I've had a lot of fun making this episode, and I hope you feel all caught up with the tech news that newsed its way into the past week. Until next Sunday, I've been Evan, and thanks again. Thank you.